But I do want to thank everybody for your prayers while our trips have been different at different times, getting to Brazil, coming back all together. And the Lord truly blessed the time there. And I'm not going to talk about a lot of Brazil tonight because, Tim, next week is presentation of Brazil. So I'm just going to keep it at that. But there's one thing that I need to go ahead and make clear right now, okay? Just for everybody who's here, I know I put a lot of pictures on the Facebook for you to company every day what they're doing. And there was lots of pictures of food on there, okay? But I do want to assure you that their own, the only, the only <laughs> their mission was not only to eat, okay? They did lots of fellowship, lots of time together, okay? And so that was one of the great things that we had together. In fact, if we look in Acts, we can tell that the church spent time together and meals together. And look what it says when we look here in Acts chapter 2, verse 46, talking about... What uh, the power of, uh, uh, of the table, of being together, of enjoying meals together, it says in Acts chapter 2, verse 46 and 47. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So the idea already, breaking bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts. I can say this for sure, that this trip was one of those parts that God really showed us what it means to have glad and sincere hearts to enjoy a meal with our brothers and sisters in Christ. On Sunday, the very first day, well, okay, Saturday night, the brothers and sisters from Agronomia prepared a meal of of pastas, all kinds of different things. Excuse me, my voice is going out on me already, see? On Sunday, the church is on a sewer had made a big, big barbecue for chicken. Well, actually, chicken this day, okay? Fried chicken, all kinds of good chicken. On Monday and Tuesday, we spent time at lunch at Canton, and at Laurel Lorena's house at night, and then at Canton at night again, in other people's houses, in different places. But you know what? And somebody said, we spent a lot of time together, eating together more than we ever have. Lots of times we've had to go to different places to eat, but a lot of this time, we were with our brothers and sisters, enjoying that fellowship enjoying that time together and so brothers and sisters tonight i want to encourage you also that when you have opportunity to invite a brother and sister over enjoy fellowship together eating together you know how they say that the 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 family table the table the time when we eat together has power it has a secret if you look on the internet and you write google the power of the table and you'll see all kinds of books written by people who are psychologists family therapists saying the importance of families eating together at the table. And not so more, why not even much more for us also? Opportunities that we have together to sit together, to eat together, to talk together, to share things that happen in our lives, to get to know each other, where we came from and what we've done and the things that we've experienced as people in Christ. And a lot of those things we will never know if we don't learn to share time together. I'm, th- I'm so thankful. I'm happy. That tonight is First Sunday Fellowship. And I'm not thankful just for the food, okay? Maybe I look like I am, okay? But not only that, but because of the fellowship that we have with one another. To be able to talk, to be able to speak to each other a little bit more about things that's going on in our lives, what's been going on through the summertime. And also that, you know, as we get into September and October, we'll start having those Wednesday night meals together also. Great opportunity to come together, not only for a meal, but fellowship together with glad and sincere hearts. Hearts willing and talking about what God has done in our lives and who he is and the opportunity that we have to be together. 
And I also like to encourage each and every one of us to invite people into our homes that they may share a meal together to know about the Christ that we serve, the one that we serve and the reason that we live, the hope that we have that's in him. Not only that, to share and pray for them if they're going through struggles in their lives. And you know what will happen? Perhaps also they will invite us into their house. And when we go into their house, the opportunity to pray over them and pray over their house. And to who knows, God will open up an opportunity to study the word of God there as well. And we can see that happening over and over again. And I just want to look at a few examples here in the book of Acts tonight. Don't want to go anywhere else other than look at the very end. But look here in Acts chapter 10. Think of Cornelius and his house. Cornelius was a devout man, God-fearing man. Him and his household, he was, a, he was a soldier, and he was in charge of things. And as he was praying, God sent him a vision. He said, go to Joppa, send some men there, and send Peter here. He's got a message for you. For sure, Cornelius was praying about a message that would be sent to him. And so Peter, is while he's on the top of the roof of his house, and while he's hungry, he gets into a trance. Brothers and sisters in Christ, one of the greatest things that we can know is this Christ that we serve. And as it says here in Cornelius' house, there was something he needed. And so these men went to Joppa, found Peter there where he was at, brought him to his house. And he said to them, Peter, I had this vision, this moment of what was happening and what was going on. And so Peter, at that time when he was there, he began to tell them about it. And Cornelius says, I have all of these people at my house, my relatives. Those who work with me at this time, they're here with me. And so praise God that he was there with them and that he could serve them at this time as well. Brothers and sisters, we have a God who's looking out for us, who wants us and wants to take care of us. Think of it in Acts chapter 12 at the house of Mary. Remember Peter, he was put in prison. And as he was in prison, he was about to be persecuted. He was about to die. He was about to receive the death sentence. But the angel appeared to him during the night, and as he was walking through the city and going, going through the gates and everything, and when he, once he gets through all that and he comes to himself and realizes what happens at that moment, realizes what's going on in his life at that moment, when he comes out of that, where is the first place that Peter goes? Acts chapter 12, verse 12. At the house of Mary, the mother of John Mark, when this had dawned on him, what had happened to him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John also called Mark, where people had gathered and were praying. Isn't it great that our God is so awesome that we can gather in prayer, not only here, but in our houses. And we can be praying together for those who are struggling physically, those who are struggling mentally, those who are struggling emotionally, and those who are struggling spiritually in their lives. These people were gathered together because of something that was happening. May our houses always be open to be ready to pray for those who are in need and need our prayers as well. But not only that that's happening in this, there is a joy that comes when we're being together, when we enjoy fellowship together in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We get to tell all the great spiritual blessings that we have in Christ Jesus. We get to tell the joy that we have We get to tell the sufferings that we go through and the difficulties that we go through, knowing that people will be praying for us, taking care of us, and thinking of us. And we have the opportunity to get to know each other better. But not only that, in Acts chapter 16, 
verse 15, in Lydia's conversion, Paul goes there to the city. And as he's there in the city of Philippi, he'll go out to the river where some women gathered for a time of prayer. And while he is there, Lydia and her household will obey the gospel. And in Acts chapter 16, verse 15, it says this. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her where? Home. And she said, if you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, Come and stay at my house. Ronald, come and stay at my house. If you consider me a believer, okay? Come and stay at my house. No, no, I can't today. No. What did she say? What did she do? She persuaded them, right? She wasn't going to take no for an answer. She said, if you consider me a sister in the Lord, if you consider me in the Lord, come to my house. And she persuaded them. And she talked to them. Praise God that she persuaded him and her household to be there. And a joyous occasion it was. Because you know what happens at Lydia's house? You know what happens after he's there? He leaves Lydia's house and he's preaching another day. And Paul and Silas are going to be thrown into prison. And while they're in prison at that night, in Acts chapter 16, while they're in prison at that moment of the night, they'll be singing singing and praising God. And then that earthquake happens at that moment. Then the jailer wakes up and Paul says, don't kill yourself. We're here. We didn't leave. The jailer takes him to his house, cleans his wounds, and he and his family were baptized. And then that very next morning when Paul and them were taken out, where was the first place Paul wanted to go? Where does it say that Paul and Silas went? In Acts chapter 16, verse 40 says this. Acts chapter 16, as we're together, after this great occasion of what happened, Acts chapter 16 Verse 40 says this here, chapter 16, verse 40. After Paul and Silas came out of the prison, they went to Lydia's house, where they met with the brothers and sisters and encouraged them. Where were the brothers and sisters? At Lydia's house. Her house had become a house of prayer, where their brothers and sisters were encouraged together to be praying for Paul, to be praying for Silas, And that house was a place that was an encouragement for others, those who came. But not only for them. There's also those in Acts chapter 17 when Jason received Paul in his house. In chapter 17, verse 5 and 6. And while Paul is there at their house, the Jews come and they kick Jason out of his house. And so sometimes we need to understand when we want to use our house for the Lord. Some people may not just like it. Some people may try to make some rules for you not to do that. You know what? There's a family in Arizona that I read in the Christian Chronicle that had Bible studies in their house during the week. And when their neighbors found out that people were meeting there to get together for cause of Bible studies, they said, we can't have a religious act happening at a house at this place. Why? Because the gospel was being preached. People were hearing the gospel, encouraged to hear it. And sometimes because we want to use our house for the Lord. Be prepared for those who may not like it as well. But don't forget the blessings that we have when we use our house and we use our time and we use our abilities for the Lord. Paul will meet a couple in Acts chapter 18, Priscilla and Aquila, a couple that had been traveling in different places. And in fact, Paul will live with them for a while. He will work with them for a while. And Priscilla and Aquila will accompany him in different places. In many places, they'll be separate. 
But one thing that we can understand about Priscilla and Quilla, no matter where they went or where they were, there were people meeting at their house. I don't know if any of you, uh, I don't know how many of you had the opportunity to see the movie Paul that came out this past year. But as I, I, me and my family, we were able to go see the, the movie Paul as it was talking about him and at the theater. It, it touched on something I never thought about, Priscilla and Quilla. How much and how the impact was of this couple for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because they were willing to open their house, not only for people, but for the church there. Now, as we were in Brazil, we could see some houses that have been opened because of the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The house of Juju and Valeria, where Dangerfield went so many years ago, looks a little bit different now. It doesn't look the same. But God has blessed that house because even till today, that house is being used to encourage people, to preach the gospel, for others to come to know him. When we went to the house there in Canoas of Laura Lorena and their brother, people are coming and knowing the Lord by people meeting at their houses. I'm not talking about family life groups tonight. Okay, maybe thinking Mark's talking about family life groups. No, that's great. It's an opportunity for us to meet in our houses as well. But I'm talking about the opportunity that we have daily or once a week. Lord God, help me to invite some family that I don't know so well to get them to know better. Help me to invite somebody that sits on the left side, another on the right side that I don't get to know so well. I want to be able to know everybody, right? Amen. I want to know everybody. Get to know everybody. Lord God, give us those opportunities. But it all starts with this. And I think it's the most, the most, most important thing here that we can understand. Is that when those brothers and sisters, it says in Acts chapter 2, met in their houses to break bread together. They did it with gladness, as it says, and sincere hearts. May we have gladness and sincere hearts in all things that we do for the Lord. Amen. Now, isn't that what the, Jesus said, what Paul said when he talks about the collection? He says, I don't want you to give a collection feeling like, oh, oh, I got to give. And if I don't, I'm going to die. He says, I want you to do it because of the joy in your heart. Because of what God has done for you. The joy that we have in our heart. Gladness and sincere hearts. Tonight, brothers and sisters, what I want us to know is, what is the goal? When we say, Lord God, use my house where I am for your use, for your kingdom. What happens? The first thing that's going to happen when you invite somebody to your house or somebody invites you to their house, the very first thing that's going to happen is fellowship. You're going to talk. It's hard not to talk at a table. Even with kids with all their cell phones today, just sit there, wait for them to put them down and make sure they talk, okay? But fellowship happens. When we meet together and when we have food, that's just a great, great, great. What's the word I want to think? Great, great thing to do. OK, OK. I can't think of the word right now. It's in Portuguese, but it's in, um, in English. It's a great thing to do. OK, but it's not the food. It's what comes because of that. That's why when we call food and we call fellowship, we think about eating. But it's not the eating. It's the time together. That's what we want to think of. So the first thing that's going to happen when you go to someone's house or, or you invite someone to your house is fellowship is going to happen. And f- do it with sincerity and heart, with gladness in your heart. The next thing that's going to happen, you're going to find out what people are going through. Or what, you're going to be able to let people know what you're going through. And so you know what's going to happen? You'll know what to pray for. Brother such and such is going through this. I'm going through this. Will you pray for me, Joe? 
Will you pray for me, ML? Will you help me at this time? Wow. The impact that we have when we get together to talk, to understand what we're going through. You know, a lot of times we miss out on those opportunities. So the more we have opportunities to be together, let's be together to talk, to converse, to enjoy each other's company. But also to understand that each and every one of us have things in our lives that we need prayers for. So not only the two, two things that's going to happen already. One is fellowship's going to happen. Two, you're going to understand what you need to pray for about in the life of somebody else. And the opportunity that you have to pray as well. Have your prayers from somebody. But not only that, if that person is not in Christ, perhaps while you're there at the dinner table, they're going to talk about a brother or sister there, there of theirs or a friend of theirs or a relative or somebody that they know that needs to know the word of God. Well, you know what? Invite them to your house. And I'll come over and study the word of God with them. Praise God. Invite, oh, is there some people in your life that you want them to understand the word? Well, I'm here at your house. Do you think they will come to your house? Yes, okay. Well, invite them here. And we'll have a brother come and and preach the word to your house. Just like Josue now in Canoas. Okay, I'm I'm not talking too much about Brazil, am I? Okay, good, Tim. Thank you. Okay. Since I've left, Josue's been going there in Kanoas every week in a house. Four people, five people have converted. And there's more, two, two or three more that are about ready to give their lives to the Lord. Because somebody said, come to my house. And how did they understand and knew that those people needed it? Because they were enjoying fellowship beforehand. And say, hey, let's invite these other people to my house. Now, not only that can happen, the word of God. But what we really want to think about is conversion. Lord God, use my house, use my abilities for people to understand the gospel. Those who are not in Christ. Lord God, if I'm in the house, the opportunity of fellowship, the opportunity, as it says here, of prayer, the opportunity of studying the word of God as brothers and sisters in Christ to be encouraged, praise God, and the opportunity to tell someone about Christ. Praise God, we can invite people here to the church building. We can invite them to the moments like this that are so special. And we, don't, we, want to, we want to invite all the more. But praise God, when in our individual lives we're inviting people into our houses. And when people invite us into their houses, that we go prepared to let them know, hey, I'm here for fellowship. I'm here for prayer. I'm here to study the word of God. And if I'm not able to yet, just yet, I know somebody that will come to your house to study the word of God. And that conversions can happen. Oh, the house of Cornelius, when they heard of the gospel, amen, his household converted. Oh, the house of Lydia, her household converted to Christ. Oh, the houses of so many others. And what's so great about it? We're just following the example of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When Jesus was walking around, he saw Levi, who's called Matthew, and he said, Levi, I want to go to your house. And Levi, he, Jesus goes to his house, and as Levi is there, the Pharisees are sitting there and say, Oh, goodness, look at these people that's there eating this meal with him. Who are these people, tax collectors and sinners, that are there? But not only at that time, in that moment, was it like that also with him, but when we think of only, not only of Levi in Luke chapter 5, but in Zacchaeus. Where was Zacchaeus? He was in that tree, right? Zacchaeus, come down. Today I'm going into your house. Whoa. I couldn't see him, and now he's telling me, I'm going to your house. And while he's there, the people see him. 
see those people there as Zacchaeus house. Who was there? Other people, tax collectors, Pharisees. The Pharisees were there because they were looking at it, but they also called other people who were sinners. And Jesus said to them, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save that which was lost. Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. He's given us the great commission. Go and preach the gospel in every nation. And really what that means is as you go, right? As you walk, where you are. And as we continue to do that, may we go to the houses of people and we see people that may have hard family problems, maybe going through addictions at this time and going through different things in their lives. But praise God that we can go to their houses and that we can preach the word of God. And if they give their lives to the Lord, today salvation has come to this house. Praise God. I thank the Lord that somebody invited me to their house. One of my mentor, uh, Kelly, uh, as I've talked before, he, uh, he was the campus minister there at Tennessee Tech. He's from California. And he was talking about the very first time he went to, a, a, it was a friend of his that invited him to, to, to his house for a meal. And he said when he went there to that guy's house, that was the first time he ever saw anybody praying before a meal. And he says, man, I want to know what this is about. The impact of going to somebody's house. The impact of prayer, the impact of the lives that we have on other people. Brothers and sisters, tonight, this evening, since the sun's still up, okay? Let's be ready. Let's be ready to invite those into our houses that need prayer, that need the word of God. And let's be ready to go to those houses when they invite us. And may we pray for each other for strength. Because God wants to do something beautiful. Something beautiful in the life of each and every one of us. And that something beautiful that he wants to do is that he wants to save us. Jesus says today, salvation has come to the house of this man. Imagine Jesus is still going and seeking and saving the lost through us. When we go to those houses, it's not us they're seeing. It's Jesus they're seeing. Jesus, may you continue to seek and save and help me to be ready and attuned to do your will. So you may be praised and glorified in all things. Something beautiful about that name. Let's stand at this moment. We're about to sing a song now talking about who this Jesus is and how beautiful he is. And so let's remember him at this time and remember something so great about him. That if you're confused tonight, Jesus can make it all right. Okay? If the things that are going on in your life, you're thinking, I can't get my ducks in a row. Jesus is saying... Come to me and I'll help you. Don't say, I need to get everything right and then I will come to Jesus. No, where you are, if you know you need Jesus, come to him tonight because he's ready. Give your life to him. Believe in repentance. Be baptized in his name and live a life worthy of him tonight. And for each and every one of us who are here, anything that we're going through, let's bring all our anxieties to him and let him work in our lives daily. We hope by listening to this lesson, you have found a better understanding of the Bible. And through that better understanding, find a closer relationship with God and His Son, Jesus Christ, our living Savior. If you have any questions or desire more information, please feel free to contact us here at the Dangerfield, Texas Church of Christ. You can find us at dfield.org. 
That's D-F-I-E-L-D-C-O-C dot O-R-G. Or you can email at dfieldcoc779 at aol.com. Or you can call us at 903-645-2896. If you are local to the Dangerfield area, we would love an opportunity to meet you and encourage you in person at 818 West W.M. Watson Boulevard, Dangerfield, Texas. 75638. Our meeting times are Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for Bible class and 10.30 a.m. for worship service, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. for worship service, and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. for our midweek Bible class. Grace and peace be with you always.